The message is Jesus pays attention to the children. Amen? So uh, we're going to turn to Mark the 10th chapter and take our text there. So if you'll turn, we'll look to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you again for the opportunity to open your eternal word and look into it and see, Father, directions uh, for our lives based on what we see happening in the life of Jesus Christ as he traveled this world and was confronted with issues just like we are. So, Father, help us as Uh, walk in your footsteps and be the hands and feet of Jesus and with the upcoming kids camp may we be solid workers for you to be those that put footprints and handprints on the young children of the next generation just bless this service we pray again in Jesus name amen I'm going to read in and mark the 10th chapter and I'm going to break in in verse 13 it says when they brought the young children to him He should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Amen? So as we look at this particular portion of scriptures, very small, you'll find that in Matthew, he has almost identically word for word the same thoughts in Matthew 19, verses 13 to 15, and Luke also. In Luke's gospel, um, it's Luke, 18 verses 15 to 17 the only thing different in Luke's gospel is the the term in there includes infants amen I I don't know when I say little children that's a relative term you know when I think of little children sometimes I'm talking to little children that are 12 years old sometimes I'm talking to them that are 4 years old you know so we have a wide gamut if you would of what little children can take in, but Luke says it even takes in infants. Now that to me means they're really small, amen? So uh, we want to know what Jesus was doing here on, at this particular time and how he reacted to what's going on. At the beginning of the 10th chapter of uh, Mark, the real smart people of Jesus' day came to him with an opinion that they needed to settle an argument about on the topic of divorce. So they had just finished talking about divorce. They came and asked him about it. Moses gave them a writing of divorce. What do you think, Jesus? Well, only time they would ever ask him a question, as far as, and it says in verse two, it was the Pharisees. The only time the Pharisees had a question was when they was trying to trap him, try to catch him in his own words to condemn him or make him seen as a little bit smaller in the public's eye around him. But Jesus' opinion was for the adults to quit acting like children. Amen? Sometimes we just need to get the adults to act like adults. We'll let the children be the children. And here the Pharisees, they were just trying to be children for some reason. Or they weren't trying to be children, but they were acting like 
children, okay? This is just a rabbit trail for you about divorce. I can tell you right now, every divorce is caused by one thing, selfishness, amen? You, look, you scratch it any way you want, it all boils down to that. Okay, now, back to the other children, not the adult children, the real children, amen? Seemingly, everywhere Jesus went, the first thing he did in every setting, it seems like, was some type of either a miracle or a healing or something in that neighborhood that brought the crowds together. But in this particular situation, there's no speaking in none of the three gospels that list this particular event of his life. There's no mention of a healing, no mention of a miracle. He was just on his way from Jordan across Judea. He was probably headed to Jerusalem. That's the path he would have took. Um, and of course, you, you can read later into the Gospels and find out why he was headed there. Again, it was probably for another festival, usually Passover. And that's where he was headed. But in our text, the, the word miracle or healings, not even in it. And that's something. They're bringing these, if you would, little children to Jesus and when they brought him, him to him all they wanted him to do was touch them that's what the scripture says isn't that something that's what I always tell Valor isn't that something well the, the, the whole point of this gathering if you would that they come in was that when I think of Jesus and when I see of these several things that come to my mind for a gathering there, I like, most of us would probably think the first thing is for healing. Why would you touch if it wasn't for healing or guidance or something? You know, and we talk about the healings he did. We can go into leprosy. We can go into handicap. We can go into cripple. We can go into disease, the impaired in vision, hearing, speech, all, uh, what was it, what did it take to heal all that for Jesus? A touch. All he had to do, even a woman that had an issue of blood, she just touched the hem of his garment. He didn't even touch her. She touched him. And healing went forth. Of course, that's a whole other subject. But uh, when we see these things, uh, we're, they're uh, not even mentioned in this particular text. When I think of the society of the first century that I've studied about a lot of things about Jesus' lifetime, for the most part, I don't want you to be mad at me because we've come a long way, baby. Women were pretty much second-class citizens. Amen. Now, I'm, so I'm glad that you guys have your rights and you can stand up and smack us around and put us in our place. I understand that. And the reason in the first century that the women were kind of treated as, if you would, second-class citizens, for the most part, they was what we used to tease about, barefoot and pregnant for most of their childbearing years. Amen? I know, I think, I think sometimes of Solomon with 300 wives and 700 concubines, I don't even think he had so many children he probably didn't even know their names. You know, it's, it's, that's kind of out of control, if you would. But here we have women and children, if you would, kind of left to the kitchen and raising the kids and and in the shadows. And so uh, the men uh, didn't really even seem to be interested 
in the public of what was the position of the children should be when they come together in places like this. They probably thought Jesus should be, uh, if you would, out front, teaching, leading, answering questions and all of that, and the children would be a hindrance to that kind of setting or that kind of teaching situation. But that's not Jesus' idea of how to interact with children. Many of Jesus' healings of all kinds were on children. There are even several biblical instances when he raised children from the dead. How about that stuff? But the disciples on this occasion thought that the children were just going to be a distraction as to what the business of the day should be, and therefore they might be a bother to Jesus as he was teaching what verse 1 says he was teaching on in this particular crowd. So here in verse 13, notice the disciples didn't rebuke the children, but rather those that brought the children. Amen? So there's a difference in that. It's, a, it's the one thing I speak about a lot of times, and they speak rough to adults. It's something else to rebuke an innocent child, but it's something whole different when you rebuke an elder or an older person that's bringing them. And of course, it would be a real catastrophe for you to rebuke what Luke was calling infants. Amen? Discipline's one thing, but a rebuke is totally different. Now, if we try to read into anything of anyone's motive into this, whether it was those that were bringing the kids or the disciples that were trying to keep them away, it would just basically be speculation. It doesn't say a whole lot about why they did what they did, but in verse 14, it starts out with, but, what's that mean? On the other hand, Jesus doesn't care about the reasoning behind their actions or why they rebuked them, he was much displeased, the scripture says, which caused him to speak up. And therefore, he called them out for what he had to say. And, he, and the scripture says, he said unto them, suffer. Now then we know we, we have trouble with that. And I know Brother Steve taught on rest and what rest was uh, for God way back in Exodus and what, and what it is in Hebrews. That word has to be taken into context a lot of time. But here the word suffer. And that just means allow. Allow the little children, he says. The everyday version says, let the little children come unto me. Don't hinder them from coming to me. Bring them on. Let me see them up close and personal. We don't even know the age group we're dealing with here. But Jesus knows everyone at every age, and he said to forbid them not. Bring them on. I want to see them. I want to touch them. I want to help them. And then it says because, or for, that's what the word means, of such is the kingdom of God. Now we as people of God, our life is centered around making sure we're connected to the kingdom of God. Amen? So in any time you want to come to church or worship or come to Sunday school or come to kids camp 
whatever you come here to do to be a benefit to the kingdom of God, you would be offended if somebody said, why don't you just go home? We don't need you here. You're interrupting what we're doing. Go on out and get out of here. Right? Wouldn't you be offended at that? Absolutely you would. Amen. We adults want to be able to put our finger on the truth because our goal in life is to do everything we can for the kingdom of God. It's all about God. It's all about souls. You start trying to figure out what it's all about and put yourself into the equation, you're probably going the wrong direction. Amen? So we need to just make sure that what we do for the kingdom of God is what Jesus would have us to do. Amen? So here we see in, in verse number 15, and if you have a red letter Bible in front of you and you read that, uh, you'll know Jesus is speaking here. And you might uh, want to study several other places in your Bible, in the red letters, and see what he meant in your Bible and uh, what Jesus is quoted as saying. He says, verily I say unto you. Huh, let's ponder on verily I say unto you. Because he's probably, at that point, giving us one of those fingers and letting us know I need your attention on this issue right now. Amen? Now, it's a red-letter edition, and you want to study that particular phrase in your Bible in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. How many times do you think in those four Gospels Jesus said, Verily I say unto you. Anybody want to take a guess? Well, that's okay. I don't want anybody to be embarrassed. By, by coming up short or even exaggerating, 76 times. Did you ever think about that? If he had to say something 76 times to his disciples, wow, they must have really been slow learners. Amen? Or they needed to have their hearing aid batteries changed or something they needed to pay more attention. If he had to say 76 times, verily I say unto you, amen? Well, Jesus is teaching a truth when he usually uses that statement that he says or he senses that the audience around him really doesn't have a grip on what he's trying to get across at that point. He's trying to focus their attention on what is about to be said. Amen? In all those cases, it's just another, uh, if you would, uh, signal to say, pay attention, everybody. Make sure you get this point. That's what I get out of that when I read, verily I say unto you. Amen? And this particular time is no exception to that rule. Amen? Jesus is teaching his listeners, and they're listed in verse 2 as the, the Pharisees, and then again in verse number 10 as the disciples, that's the ones he's speaking to when he says this. He wants them to get the truth that was overlooked by not only the Pharisees, but even the disciples. They should have got this a long time ago. This is not elementary school that he's teaching here. This is the class that all of them should have been to time and time again. And then we know that whosoever, it says that whosoever 
That's everyone there. And it includes us. It should take us in as we read later on this. Shall not receive the kingdom as a little child? He shall not enter therein. Wow. That's a pretty strong statement. We want to enter into his kingdom. All these people, I'm telling you, the Pharisees, the disciples, they didn't know much about the kingdom of God because they hadn't seen it yet. It hadn't come yet because Christ hadn't gone to the cross yet. But he had taught so much on the kingdom, they were, if you would, sitting on the edge of their seat waiting for him to say, okay, the door's open now, come on in. They knew that the kingdom meant much to Jesus and in their heart, it made sense that they needed to have some kind of a grip on what this kingdom meant to them. Amen? Well, in all these things we talk about, if the children are the ones are the example of what it takes to be in the kingdom of God, we need to talk about some of the things that help the children get in. Thursday night, we spoke about humility. Amen? A little bit, not the whole message, but humility. And we found that if we humble ourselves, God will exalt us in due time. We spoke on due time Thursday night. Well, the principle applies here. The only way to get in the kingdom of God is humbly. That's the only way. You can't go in flipping your suspenders and, and bragging on how good a person you are and knowing you, what you know and quoting all the Bible you do and you're smarter than Jesus and all the rest of us. Amen. That won't get you in the door very far when it comes to the kingdom of God. It has to be humble. That principle applies here. The only way that we can get into the kingdom of God is humble our hearts and say, we messed it up. Our life is a disaster compared to what it can be if we'll just allow the kingdom of God to operate in our lives. Amen? We just got to be like a little child. Amen? Whether you want to think of an infant or whether you want to say maybe even older. Even some of those that run around and yell a lot in the church building. That's okay. Let them yell. They're going to learn that God can touch their hearts and help them to be what they need to be for Christ. Amen? I knew all I'm reading humility is even through Jesus didn't even say the word humble or humility when he talks that you've got to be like a little child. He didn't say you've got to be like humble like a little child. He didn't even say you have to have the faith as a little child. He says you just got to be like a little child. Amen. We can put in the characteristics that go with that, knowing what the kingdom of God is, knowing what little children are and how the two can meet in the middle to make the connection that we need to make to be in the kingdom of God. Common sense goes a long way and a little bit of Bible study will let us know that the characteristic is important in our transition into the kingdom of God. Amen? Uh, most know-it-alls, you ever met a know-it-all? I've met a few of them. They don't have time for the kingdom of God. They're so busy doing their thing, so busy running their affairs, so busy doing whatever else is going on around them. They don't have time for the church or the kingdom of God. They're busy building up their own self. But we understand one other thing about the characteristics of children. Of a little child that's referring to the kingdom 
is that little child has a lot of love in them. Did you ever notice that? How many of you got a hug this morning from Isabel? There you go. Amen? So we all got our hugs and we all welcomed her back. Why? Well, we missed her. Amen. We want her to know we missed her. Well, guess what? God missed you before you came to the kingdom of God. And when you came to the kingdom of God, he wanted to give you a hug. Amen? He wanted to be touched. He wanted to touch you the same way Jesus wanted to touch these little children. In verse number 16, it says, He took them up in his arms. What does that describe? A hug. Amen. An embrace. Amen. He wanted to do something. It was a warm welcome to them. He wanted them to know he cares for them. He didn't want whatever this old grumps in the crowd said. He didn't want that to affect the relationship he was having with the little children. Come to me. It's okay. Don't pay no attention to them old grumps out there that yell and scream and don't pay no attention to nothing. One thing little children will always respond to, and that's when you show them genuine love from your heart to their heart, and they know when you don't mean it. Yes. Amen? They know when you're a fake. They know they're smart enough at a very early age to know who loves them and who don't. Amen. Now, we're going to have the perfect time to show little children how genuine our love is next weekend in kids' camp. So don't come with a false love, and don't come with, oh, but I wish these kids would go. Well, look at the mess on the floor. Who's going to clean that up? Amen. Don't worry. It's the pastor's job. I can tell you that right now. Amen. They leave the mess for the pastor to clean. It gives him something to do next week after kids' camp. Amen. First off, if you're going to have genuine love, you better smile. That shows them, that breaks the ice for them to know they lo that you're loved and you want them to be here. Amen? Use a tone in your voice that's warm and inviting. Not, hey, what are you doing? Where are you going? What's that? No. Let them know you're glad they're here. <clears throat> we need to greet them on their level. For the most part, I get a good response from every kid by either a smile and a high five or a fist bump. They know what that means. Amen. You don't have to yell at them or scream at them or tell them what they're supposed to be doing. Amen. Be ready to answer the questions they have. They're going to have plenty of questions. Where am I supposed to be? Amen. If you don't know where they're supposed to be, say, just a minute, I'll find out and I'll get back with you. But we're going to get you where you're supposed to be. That's okay. Amen. So don't uh, act like you're the know-it-all and say, ah, you ain't supposed to be here. I know that. So go find somebody else to bug. Amen. Don't try to snow them either. If you don't know where they're supposed to be, don't say, well, I guess you're in that class. They don't want to hear that. They want to know where they're supposed to be. Amen? And if you don't know, ask. Somebody will know where they're supposed to be. Amen? I think that it was uh, what Jesus did when he puts his hands on them. He did it gently, lovingly, and it wasn't in any way that they could figure out was threatening. 
when he touched them. Amen? Because the scripture said, and then he blessed them. Now, I don't know what you read into that he blessed them, but that's what Jesus did when he laid his hands on the little children. That they might come in the form of a helping hand. It may come in the form of helping with a craft. It may become in the form of helping them get a drink if they're thirsty. It may be a help in helping them get a napkin if they got pizza all over their fingers and grease and sauce or whatever. They may need to go to the bathroom and don't know where it's at. Hey, you could just be one that blesses them and shows them where the bathroom is. Amen. For the most part, they should be old enough and big enough in the group we're going to have to go by themselves. You don't need to go in with them. Just show them where to go. They'll figure it out from there. But by all means, suffer the little children to come. Allow it. Try to encourage it. Bring it on. We need more little children. If they're, if they're important enough to Jesus to get his attention... Maybe they should be important enough to us for us to give them our attention also. Amen. And remember, Jesus never said it'd be easy, just worth it. Now, that's not the end, so don't, don't look at the clock. That's just, that's just in, the, in the midst here. Amen. That's just showing you where we're, uh, what I wanted you to know about the little children. Amen. All right. Let's make sure that it's worth it for them to uh, compliment and be what those little children need, that they're trying to find their way in this world, and this world will confuse them pretty badly if they're left to themselves. We need to not only help them through this world, but we need to help them make plans for the next world. Amen? So when, the kids, when you come to kids' camp, and when those kids think back on kids' camp, at Faith Christian Fellowship, they might say, they brought me to Jesus and he touched me. Amen? Now, I have heard testimony of I don't know how many. Of course, I have been involved in kids camp for about four decades. Uh, one level or another, not always the pastor, but a teacher or something, a craft maker or some kind. We've made, you can just name a craft and we've about made it over those years that we've been in kids camp. There are people that are adults, married, and have children that tell us about their experience at kids camp. I personally even have my own experiences of when I went to vacation Bible school uh, back when I was a little fella. My brother John, you know my brother John, he's two years older than me, and I was about the age when, man, kids camp or vacation Bible school was real interesting. I couldn't wait till it was time to go. One thing, I got out of bale and hay so I could go to kids camp. So that was a good thing. And me and, of course, John, he was thinking he's smart enough and getting old enough as two years older than me. He didn't really want to go. And he was just kind of, uh, just I'll use the word ornery. And so they were asked us all to write a letter about our what we thought um, kids camp or vacation Bible school was about. And he wrote a letter and all this and he it didn't amount to nothing. And then he signed it, Johnny, and he spelled, he meant to write Johnny Angel, but he spelled it wrong and wrote Johnny Angle. 
And we have teased him ever since about being Johnny Angle at Vacation Bible School. The teacher even held it up and said, who's Johnny Angle? You know, and we all laughed and he stood up and said, that's Johnny Angel. Well, you misspelled it, sorry. Amen. Well, there are all kinds of those um, testimonies and different expressions of what kids can't man. And of course, um, if you want to hear some good ones, you can go uh, and get in touch with Kevin Postaway. He's got a whole series of things that he remembers about kids camp. But most of us, when we recall those moments in life, it's so that we can put some of these memories in the lives of these little children that in the future, when they pass through our doors, they'll remember kids camp. Amen. We need to do that so that God gets the glory through it all and everything will work to his glory and honor and souls would be reached. We have reached children in kids camp that went home and brought the parents back to church and have now got, if you would, a relationship with Christ or a connection to the kingdom of God through their children. Amen. I've often said, if you want to reach a parent, try going through the children. That'll work because they love their children more than we do, even though we love them enough that we want to see them in the kingdom of God. So take time now. Sit down and get yourself prepared. Be in the kids' camp. Push it forward, whatever. You may think it's all Jill did a lousy job. You could have done much, but no. She did it. God gave it to her. So what it is, we're going with. Amen? And if you think you can do better, you sign up for next year. Amen? But this year, let's get in the program. Let's push it forward so the kids have the fun, even though for us, if we're sweating or whatever we're going through, trying to make ends meet, not knowing where to go next, let the kids see us with the smile and the welcoming arms that show them God loves them just like he did in the first century. Amen? Amen. Thank you for your attention. Anybody have anything they want to say about kids camp, uh, I know you do. Anybody else? But 